I promised myself the last one would be the last one, but it is not. All right, hello everybody. This is a message from Future Joy. So my dry mouth came back with a vengeance. So this episode, unfortunately, I spent all my time up until the last minute trying to do the best episode I can for you guys between recording, re-recording, editing, and everything else. Like, I know I'm really selling my podcast, but I fear this episode is definitely not my hottest. I still love the topic and had so much fun with it, but I do apologize for any mouth sounds, and if something, again, sounds like it's very painfully edited in, it probably is. Please bear with me as I still attempt to fix the problems in the background of my life. Either way, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode 12 of the Joy of Horror podcast, a pod where we delve into all the spooky and strange topics from around the world. Everybody, my much bigger humidifier came in. I think it might have done the trick. I am so happy right now. I'm even more happy to finally be able to focus on researching again instead of just freaking out about recording or being unable to is more like it. I don't think I'm at 100% yet, but definitely better, and as such, I do apologize if there is any weird mouth sounds during this episode. Hopefully, within the next week or two, this humidifier does the complete trick, and that I'm back to 100% normal. But also, speaking of which, I wanted to take a quick moment, and I want to thank those few that reached out and reassured me last week's episode was just fine, and that basically I was fretting over nothing. Bless all y'all, you are the true MVPs. Sadly, moving on from my deep love and appreciation for my small but amazing listener group, I am super excited for today's topic. Originally, I was going to cover a fascinating, allegedly true occurrence of one person, but when I began diving into the creature that was involved, I couldn't help but fully cover the creature along with a few other allegedly true cases. I'm not even going to tease this one that long. Today, we are covering the doppelganger. Let's dig on in. Okay, so doppelgangers, by definition, is a being that is the exact replica of you, but it's not biologically related in the least. I'm sure most of you have heard or used the term before, referring to someone that looked like a friend or a relative at one time of your life or another. And just a little bitty fun fact about myself that not too many people know, I think, is that doppelgangers are one of the few horror-related things that kind of creep me out. Just the thought of someone that looks like you slowly taking over your life and you being pushed out, replaced, or even being framed for something that you didn't do makes me uncomfortable. I think it's because it gives me a sense of losing control of my life and when you have depression and anxiety, that's extra not fun or a good time. So yeah, even though I love stories and movies on doppelgangers, the thought of having my own little evil version makes me not a happy camper. Now, doppelganger is the German word meaning double walker or double goer, and the folklore surrounding these beings is not fun and cute like seeing Aunt Susan's supposed doppelganger at the supermarket. In legend, a doppelganger is a literal copy of you and is usually from another time or space. In German folklore, a doppelganger was usually seen as a phantom or a shadow of a person, but another type of this being is the actual manifestation of your own future or past self. Another view on them 
is that they're a type of demon usually able to shapeshift and cause you great harm. In some tellings, everyone on this lovely wee planet has their own doppelganger or shadow self and in a lot of cases, they're the only ones that are able to see them. Though there are tellings of others being able to see this double right behind a loved one or in the distance of a friend. The doppelganger legend can be found in several cultures around the world, such as in Egypt or even Norway, with their own variations, of course. But essentially, the base is the same. Seeing your doppelganger was usually considered a bad omen. The bad omen usually being that of your own death. One of the most famous examples of this includes Abraham Lincoln, the U.S.'s 16th president. I'll get into more details on that in a couple of sections. Seeing your own doppelganger can mean your demise is coming soon, but if someone else sees your double, it might just mean that you're very ill. So not good, but not as bad as, you know, being dead. Some other spooky facts usually associated with the doppelganger is that they're basically your evil twin trying to slip horrible thoughts into your head or give you malicious advice. As briefly mentioned prior, seeing a copy of yourself can be considered seeing someone or something from another place or time. Sometimes this is considered to be a slip into seeing an alternate reality or even a ghost of your former self. Before we get into some allegedly real-life examples of these beings, I wanted to mention the potential psychology behind some of these encounters. You see, in the field of neurology and even psychiatry, there's a term called heotoscopy, which is the hallucination of seeing yourself in the distance. When this happens, it's usually a symptom of someone with schizophrenia or epilepsy. Another thing people can experience is something called autoscopy, which is when someone, quote, perceives the surrounding environment from a different perspective, from a position outside of his or her own body, unquote. An interesting case of this that I read about on BBC.com was about a man that experienced seizures and ended up seeing his own doppelganger. Said man lived in Switzerland and was supposed to be on anticonvulsant medication. The incident we'll be talking about happened on a day he decided to not take his medicine and then proceeded to drink a lot of beer. He awoke and got out of bed only to turn around and see his doubles still laying in bed in a deep sleep. Which, personally, this screamed astral projection to me. But I digress. He was infuriated his double was still sleeping, and as such would make him potentially miss work or at least be late. The man proceeded to attempt to awake the double by shaking and shouting at him with nothing to show for his efforts. During this time, his mind seemed to shift from his body to the body in the bed, and he'd be aware of himself aggressively attempting to wake himself up. It dawned on him that he didn't know which one he was, the man in the bed, or the man attempting to wake the man in the bed. Freaking out, he jumped out the window of his home. But please don't worry, he was fortunate that there was a hazel bush below that caught him and cushioned his fall. He still, of course, needed treatment and even had a surgery to remove the tumor that was located on his left temporal lobe. It's claimed in the article that after the surgery, he no longer had this experience and even his seizures ended. The man did state that he didn't want to die that day. He simply wanted to, quote, find a match between body and self, unquote. Now, with that out of the way, there are some everyday seemingly harmless meetings of lookalikes, such as one man named Asli Yozov, which I hope I'm pronouncing that right, who attended a wedding in Malaysia who met an almost exact double all the way down to their wardrobe of choice that day. But not all doppelganger meetings are so fun and harmless. Some have a supernatural edge to them and have dire consequences. 
One example happened to a county clerk from Cahaba. His tale was published in 1884 in an issue of Sunny South, according to one source. This poor clerk contracted malaria and was bedridden. During his illness, he witnessed his double come into the room and stand above him. After it happened a second night in a row, he requested two friends come over. Both men were farmers, and they also witnessed the spectral version of their friend enter the room. When the friends attempted to approach the figure, it vanished into the shadows, never to be seen again. It was said that the clerk passed away from his illness shortly after that night. We're now going to dive into several more of these alleged happenings throughout history, some more fatal than others. Please forgive me for time hopping. Okay, we're going to start with the first I teased a little bit ago, Abraham Lincoln. His incident happened the first night after he was elected to office. He saw his double in a mirror while he chilled on his couch. He was even quoted by a friend named Noah Brooks saying, quote, Looking in that glass, I saw myself reflected nearly at full length. But my face, I noticed, had two separate and distinct images. The tip of the nose of one being about three inches from the tip of the other. I was a little bothered, perhaps startled, and got up and looked into the glass, but the illusion vanished. On lying down again, I saw it a second time, plainer if possible than before. And then I noticed that one of the faces was a little paler, say five shades, than the other, unquote. Allegedly, he did this a few more times over time to recreate the event, but it only happened once more. Funny enough, Lincoln just seemed to find this occurrence a bit odd, but his wife was like, heck no, hubby, this is a bad omen and you're not even paying attention. His wife, Mary Todd Lincoln, went on to say that she believed this vision meant that he would get elected again for the second term, but would not survive it. As we all know, sadly, she wasn't wrong on either account. Though, quick fun fact that I didn't know before all this, Mary was only 5'2", and her husband was 6'4". This just made me really happy to know. Next, we have Queen Elizabeth I. Allegedly, one night, in or near 1603, she witnessed her own doppelganger resting in her bed. This double, according to her, looked like it was laid out for a presentation. You know, like when someone has passed. Some believe this was just a hallucination of an overworked ruler in old age. But she did pass away not too long after the incident, so read it as you will. Another royal lady with her own experience goes by the name Catherine the Great from Russia. In November of 1796, her servants, flipping out, awoke her in the night, exclaiming that she was just in the throne room and were baffled on how she was here, asleep, in her own bed. They all rushed down to the throne room, and sure enough, her own double was sitting calmly on the throne. Catherine the Great ordered the double to be shot at, but the doppelganger was unharmed. Only a week later, the Empress of Russia passed away of a stroke. Next, we meet Vice Admiral George Tryon and his tragic passing while sailing his ship, the HMS Victoria, on June 22nd of 1893. His ship crashed into HMS Camperdown near Lebanon, which took the lives of himself and his 357 sailors. It was documented that Tryon yelled, It's all my fault, as his ship sank and seemed to take full responsibility for the fatal accident. Back home, at the same time as her husband's death, Tryon's wife was throwing a fancy party in their home in London. It was claimed by a couple of guests at said shindig that her husband was there in full uniform going down the stairs, walking through the drawing room before going to make his exit to only vanish before actually leaving the premises. 
Apparently the name for this type of doppelganger in Tales from the Sea is called a fetch, which is a sailor spirit or double informing his loved one of their passing. A funny one I found due to one of my sources was an occurrence that happened to Sir Frederick Carney Rash, who was a member in Parliament in Britain in 1906. He was quite ill and couldn't make a meeting, but another member of Parliament, a Sir Gilbert Parker, saw Sir Frederick sitting nearby. Being the polite chap he is, he greeted his fellow member with a, I hope you are feeling better, which the quiet double didn't respond and just kind of sat there looking all solemn. He ignored this and went back to business before looking back to Sir Frederick's seat. Sir Frederick had vanished. No one claimed to see him leave, but others concurred that they did see Sir Frederick attending. Apparently, when they confronted the real Sir Frederick, still laid out in bed, sick with influenza, I might add, he didn't seem all too surprised by their claim. He explained that due to his craving to join the debate happening, it made sense that his spirit would glide its way down there to hear the tea. His wife didn't take it so lightly, and much like Lincoln's wife, was afraid of the possible implications. Luckily for Sir Frederick, his fate was not as fatal as our dear president's was. He was ill for a while, and while being ill, he would allegedly be poked and pestered to make sure that he was a flesh and blood, but after some time, he did recover. In response to the incident, and being bugged so much by his fellow parliament members, he wrote the local newspaper. It was apparently a snarky little thing that apologized for not passing after his doppelganger was spotted and that he'll behave better next time. And Mr. Guy de Maupassant is next on our encounter list. He was an author from France and we're going to talk about the main frightening encounter with his doppelganger, though Guy claimed that he had many run-ins with his double. One day in 1889, Guy claimed to see his doppelganger join him in the study before sitting down next to him, you know, all casual, and basically wrote the story, The Halora, for him. Which, <laughs> where was this guy when I was writing reports in high school? This inspired his story, Louis, with a question mark, which means he or him in French. It's about a man who believes himself going mad after seeing his double. Another telling of this fateful night in 1889 is that instead of his double writing the story for him, the specter frightened the poor man enough to call in his servant on this evening and vanished. A few months passed before the double returned and just looked miserable, sitting in the room with a depressed face and holding said face in his hands. In 1892, Guy attempted suicide and was put in a mental institution. It was here that he passed away and people believed that his hallucinations of a double might have been caused by his mental illness, which in turn was believed to be caused by syphilis. Jumping to another author, but of the German variety, we meet Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Mr. Johann was riding home after a visit with a young lady when he saw someone on horseback riding towards him. Though I must point out that he said he saw this figure in his mind's eye and not actually physically there. Regardless, he noted this double wore a gray outfit with some gold trim before it vanished. Eight years down the line, he was riding back to the same lady's home on the same road prior and realized that he was wearing the exact same outfit that he had seen all those years ago. I couldn't find an exact year for these occurrences, but he lived between 1749 and 1832, if that helps. Yet another author, we move on to John Donne. Though I guess I should have specified poet for this one and the last, I will warn though that this encounter has mention of a deceased baby, so if that does upset you, maybe skip ahead 15 to 30 seconds. John was an English poet, and in 1612, while in Paris, he saw the doppelganger of his wife. 
The figure had her hair down and was holding a dead baby in her arms, looking stricken with grief. He told a friend, Sir Robert, about his encounter, but Robert brushed it off, assuming John had just had a lack of sleep. Whether you believe John saw this figure or not, it was truly a horrible omen. You see, his wife was back at home and heavily pregnant. He later found out that allegedly on the same night of his vision is when his wife gave birth to their stillborn daughter. This is one of the few accounts debated on its authenticity, but I thought it was a truly sad and interesting one to include regardless. Okay, the last one before we go on to the original tale I was going to attempt to make a full episode on before I deep-dived into doppelgangers as a whole. We have Percy Beach Shelley, and with him, we have our third poet. Like Mr. Gee, Shelley admitted to seeing his doppelganger on several occasions. For those who don't know, Percy was the husband of Mary Shelley, the author behind Frankenstein. Not needed for this tale, but I couldn't leave it out. Now, Mr. Shelley tragically drowned on July 8th of 1822, but not before telling his wife about these encounters with his double. According to a couple of sources, one such encounter included seeing his doppelganger and the double asking him, how long do you mean to be content? Another encounter was by a friend, Jane Williams, who allegedly saw Percy's double walk by her window on a path that Percy usually would take. But this path actually led to a dead end, and to her surprise, this Percy never doubled back and passed the window again. In 1822, Percy saw his double pointing at the sea while he visited a beach one day. It was not too long after that particular encounter that he drowned in a sailing accident. It was noted that usually Percy saw this double when he was ill, so that could have something to do with it, but that doesn't really account for Jane's experience when she was on her own. On to the finale of these alleged encounters with otherworldly-like beings. This one I am borderline personally obsessed with. The doppelganger of Emily Sage. Now, Miss Emily was a French school teacher born in 1813 and was teaching around the early to mid-1800s. She was widely considered amazing at her job and was well-liked by her students and fellow staff. I even found a few of my sources noting that she was of a very attractive appearance. But during her teaching career, she ended up having to change schools 19 times within a 16-year period. And you might be all snooty and say, well, if she was such a great and loved person, how is that even possible? And I'm glad you asked, wee brat from the back of the class. Well, you see, this poor woman had what most called a ghostly twin that would appear while she taught or ate or any other task while she was at the schools. I couldn't find any accounts that said she ever saw the specter at any point, but it was very common for her classes to witness it. It said the first sighting of this double was while Emily was teaching and her mirror image was mimicking the teacher's movements in front of 13 or 17 girls in the classroom. The numbers varied by source, all claiming to see the apparition. This became a common occurrence at her jobs where she'll be giving a lecture or writing on the board only to have her ghostly twin to suddenly form behind her and mock her movements. Another example, as mentioned, was when she was eating. The double would sit beside her and again mimic the act, even though she herself wasn't eating anything. An interesting occurrence that allegedly happened was Emily was assisting a student with her dress, fixing it, and when the student looked down and saw that there were two of her teacher... She promptly fainted. In her last job, located in Latvia, her employer was very supportive of her when she first arrived, and when he began hearing the supernatural-like happenings surrounding one of his prized teachers, he waved it off, 
claiming mass hysteria and that the girls were just kind of crazy. The final straw, though, that couldn't be denied was when a very large class of girls witnessed the event that shook them to their core. There were 42 girls in a sewing class chilling and doing their, you know, (laughs) sewing thing when their attendant left the room and Emily took her place at the front of the class. All in all, nothing strange here. It was only when a girl pointed out that Miss Emily was outside gardening that some of them began freaking out a bit. Some of these young lasses were brave enough to approach the intruder and attempted to touch her. Allegedly, their hands went through the double and described the feeling as if they put their hands through a bunch of cobwebs. Emily was asked about this later and she was baffled. She did admit that she thought about going into the classroom herself to watch the students, but continued her work in the garden instead. Some believed this was the doppelganger going in her stead to the classroom since the real Emily couldn't be in two places at once. Now, poor Emily couldn't give an explanation for why this kept happening, and I'm sure she was upset and feeling very lost because the spectral twin of hers was essentially ruining her life. You see, once the parents got wind of the strange happenings surrounding the poor woman, they would slowly start taking their children out of the institutions, which in turn would force the school to request Emily to leave the premises. Which I'm sure was a sigh of relief for some of the staff too that was freaking out about the occurrences as well. On top of all of this, it's been said that while her double would appear, Emily herself would become more tired and worn out, making some believe that this double was truly a part of her own soul and that by showing itself was taking a great toll on its hosts. Sadly, after her 19th school, where the sewing class incident happened, she was never really heard from again. Some believe she tried moving on to teaching under a different name, and others think she gave up teaching and made her choose a different career that made them lose track of her. Regardless, it's a shame that such a loved and determined teacher had to leave her field of passion due to something that she had no control over. Now, there are those who believe the whole account is bananas and completely fabricated by a Mr. Robert Dale Owen who wrote about her tale in 1860 in the book Footfalls of the Boundary of Another World. He said he heard the story from a student at Emily's last school and she claimed it was all true and was very adamant about it. Some believe that it is all made up, either by the student or Robert himself, to put more focus on the school. I admit I tried looking up the school and all I could find was articles on Emily Saget, So I don't know if that really means anything per se. I could just suck at hunting down schools, let's be real. The school was called Pensionette Von Newelk. If you want to try and look it up yourself. Now, dear listener, if you see yourself in the distance, staring at you with a vacant look in their eye, try not to take it to heart. Maybe they're a message of good fortune. Maybe they're not. But just be grateful that they're in the distance and not right behind you. Okay, it is time for the pop culture section. This probably beats out any pop culture section that I've had in any past episode. I had so many things to jot down or reference that I got a little bit into a rabbit hole. I won't hold you in suspense, though. Keep in mind, I'm including examples of the use of doppelgangers as a being and also examples that include non-supernatural humans that look like one another. Let's start with books. It's a bit of a list, so bear with me. So, one of the more famous examples is in Hamlet by William Shakespeare. But some other examples are in William Wilson by Edgar Allan Poe, Louis, mentioned earlier, Glamorama by Brett Easton Ellis, The Devil's Elixir by E.T.A. Hoffman, 
The Secret Terror by Joseph Conrad, Despair by Vladimir Nobokov, the tale in Clive Barker's books, Books of Blood, titled Human Remains, Descent into Hell by Charles Williams, The Outsider by Stephen King, The Likeness by Tana French, and I Feel Like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde Count by Robert Louis Stevenson. As you can tell, the doppelganger has been used in literature for hundreds of years, and there's no shortage of it being used to make the general public feel uneased. There are many that didn't make the list, but these are just the main ones either I could think of or were mentioned in my sources. Next is video games. So we have Sonic the Hedgehog, Alan Wake slash Alan Wake's American Nightmare, Kid Icarus Uprising, Tomb Raider Underworld, Mortal Kombat, Mass Effect 3, Devil May Cry 3, Soul Calibur, The Legend of Zelda, Bayonetta, Skullgirls Encore, Super Mario Brothers, and even Star Fox. I'm sure there's some I missed, but if you're a gamer, that's a good list to start out with. Okay, so on to TV series slash shows. The first I have to mention is the Twilight Zone episode titled Mirror Image. It's one of my top favorite episodes and I recommend checking it out. Most of the show is on Netflix, if you are unaware. Anyway, some more examples include episodes on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, The Vampire Diaries, Dukes of Hazard, Dollhouse, Friends, Only Fools and Horses, Elementary, Xena, Warrior Princess, How I Met Your Mother, Fringe, Twin Peaks, The Return, and even Monk. And once again, I'm sure there are more I missed, but another hefty list to get you going. And finally, movies. We have The Miracle from 1912, The Double from 2013, Gentleman of Fortune from 1971, Donald's Double Trouble in 1946, which is about Donald Duck, by the way, The Man Who Haunted Himself from 1970, The One I Love from 2014, Doppelganger from 1969, The Student of Prague from 1913, which is apparently loosely based on the story by Edgar Allan Poe mentioned in the book section. The Double Life of Ranique, made in 1991, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, made in both 1958 and 1978, and apparently there's a short show of a doppelganger in Annihilation from 2018, and does Fight Club from 1999 technically count? As I said in the other sections, there are of course others, but I figured that'd give you guys a good starting point if you wanted to look into some movies to watch after this episode. Now, I know some of you are screeching at me for seemingly missing a very famous one, but no worries, we'll get into that in a sec, because it is time for the movie recommendation of the week. I fear you guys are going to think I'm obvious this week, but when I decided to do doppelgangers as a topic, there was only one movie that sprung to the front of my mind. Though I admit there were a few I was tempted to include, but this week I just have to recommend Us from 2019 by Jordan Peele. For those of you who haven't heard of this movie, it's about a family who is suddenly confronted with doppelgangers of their own. It turns into a fight for their lives, but little do they know that this problem goes far beyond just themselves. I really love this movie, and I saw it in theaters, I want to say, within the first two weeks it came out. Which, I know, I know, there are some plot holes, but personally they weren't nearly bad enough to take any enjoyment away from me. If you give this one a try, I truly hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Well, that's going to be it for this week, everyone. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TJOHpodcast. And as always, if you have a moment, please don't forget to leave me a review on iTunes, Podchaser, or even on my Facebook page. 
it helps me out greatly and helps others find my podcast as well. And before you go, please know that you are an amazing, strong, and wonderful person. You are not weak. You are here. That is something to be proud of when you feel exhausted or wary. Thank you for being here. I hope you have a spooky night.